Well, the weather for the whole of the south of England will continue as it has for the next few weeks. It's going to be hot and moist, with temperatures rising steadily as time goes on. There's a chance of steamy moments as we move into the... Ah, sod it. We never wanted to do this. We never wanted to be weathermen and women, making innuendos about hot atmospheres and drizzly countries. We didn't want to be child-friendly. We didn't want to bang on about being for over-18s only. We want to talk about our sexy adventures. We want to be lifestylers, leaping from bush to bush as we sail down the rivers of British sex clubs and mountains of crazy experiences. The cheeky purple mamba, the liquid silk pumped liberally into our hand, the rodeo classic brief harness complete with Tantus curve, the enjoy pure one stainless steel dildo, the hot octopus digit, the ever so short messages on fab swingers, the sexy friends on Twitter, and the mighty vanilla alternative. With my best girly by my side, we'd swing, swing, swing. Get in the gym or to your car. Without advice, you could go far. We fuck things up and we make mistakes. And talk about our sexy dates. It's getting hard for this to rhyme. Just as well, cause it's bed. Hello and welcome to the Bed Hoppers podcast. My name is Mr. H. I'm Mrs. H. This is episode 83 and in this episode we are going to be tackling quite a big bugger, really. A big bugger? Quite a big bugger. Is that your position of the week? It is. The, <laughs> the big, big bugger. Yeah, you can get them at Burger King, <laughs> the half price off, you get vouchers through the door, it's all fine, it's all good. Oh, what's in your big bugger then? <laughs> <laughs> well, and this week we are going to be tackling the Channel 4 documentary, Swingers. That is a big bugger. <laughs> Hashtag swingers. Yes. Which has been pretty much all we've seen for the last mm. couple of days. Now, this came out on Monday for us. Yep. Uh, not that the date matters, because you might be listening this, to this on a different week. You might week. not have even watched it yet. Yeah, you might not have even seen it. But if you mm. have seen it, great. Thank you. Uh, we were on that documentary. No shit. I know, right? <laughs> but we talked about it in our last episode, about the nervousness that we were feeling, uh, kind of the emotions that we were going through. Mm. And then on Monday, we sat down and watched it. Bit giddy. Uh, I was giddy as a kipper. <laughs> well, I, I think it's fair to say that in the hour leading up to it, in fact, the, the, the sort the of day. the day, throughout the day, we went through a whole range of emotions. I was on that bloody change curve more <laughs> times than you could blink. <laughs> it, yeah, well, it was it was an interesting one because, you know, we were kind of excited to see it, mm. but we were also really nervous about how the lifestyle and us were going to be portrayed. Because we hadn't seen it in advance. Yeah, so we didn't get to see it in advance. No. We didn't have a say in the edit. Um all that happened to us effectively was that they were filmed for a day and then we went to a club and we were filmed there. Yeah. Oh, and then the next day we posed for some photos. Exactly. And then we put it out of our mind for many, many months. Yeah. Well, Corona Geddon rumbled on. Yeah. And then it was on television, on Channel 4 in the UK. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so in the lead up to it, we went through every emotion. Oh my goodness. And Mrs. Yeah. H at certain points was uh, was very very calm and tranquil. 
and was like, yeah, it's fine. There's an hour to go. I'm fine. Gets to 10 minutes before and all Fizzing. I can hear is fuck, fuck, cunt, fuck, bollocks, fuck, 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 <laughs> cunt, fuck, bollocks. Shit. Wow. Okay. I went and sat in the bath and stared into the abyss for a while. Because uh, what, I had is to that do another some... name for your... No, uh... it is not. <laughs> uh, in this case, the abyss was a very large glass of Merlot. Yeah. <laughs> because I needed to distract myself and just calm down a little bit because we... I was just giddy. Well, we both needed to calm the fuck down and I was worried because I wanted to record it. Um, mm. and I needed to make sure that the, the machine I was using, I could sit there and press record at the right time and not fuck it up because I wanted to be able to share it with some friends. Yeah. Uh, so I was giddy for different reasons because I know nothing about this technology. <laughs> no, I know. You just sat there and watched the television. So, um, yeah. No. It, I was giddy, I think, because so many people were messaging, messaging us on the run-up to this airing and sort of reminding me constantly of um, what was coming. And it was this this real like sword of Damocles moment. Like, it's just too late now. The genie's at the bottle. I've got to just like go with it. Well, that's the thing. We were on the roller coaster and yeah. we just had, had to let the ride take its course. Oh, goodness. It, but it was quite funny because people were having watch parties. So Ooh. my sister had a watch party with all their mates in the house. Hello, ladies, if you're listening. Oh, goodness. And we knew that they were on, on, on top of it. We knew people from work were watching it and they were having their own little watch parties. Well, interestingly, if we weren't still stuck in the middle of Corona Garden, and we obviously still very much are subject to that, I think we would have probably tried to do something ourselves with like maybe a bunch of lovely people together and all sat and watched it. We'd have projected it onto the side of the Houses of Parliament. <laughs> but because, you know, that's still not really happening and, you know, socialising in, in numbers isn't still that good an idea. We we just watched it on our own, didn't we? Yeah. Which was really sweet in the end. And I'm quite glad that we did, but it would also have been nice to have some safety in numbers to, you know, cheer us along. But we had like a live commentary from everyone. <laughs> so it was great. Yeah, that was that was really fun. Yeah. So we should point out, so if this is your first time listening or if you haven't figured out, uh, we were Simon and Carolyn in the show. Oh my God, real names. Real names. I mean, I'm Simon. And I- <laughs> Oops. <laughs> you'd never have known. <laughs> no, you'd, you'd never have guessed. All these years, you know, I just thought you were Carlos Spicy Wiener. Turns out you're Carolyn. No, I am Carolyn. <laughs> as it's pronounced Carolyn, like Evil Lynn. Like Evil Lynn. Like yeah. Evil Lynn. Mm-hmm. So um, that was quite interesting as well. So our names yeah. were out there. We're really exposed. Yeah, but the more funny, than one. <laughs> well, yeah, very much so. But the funny thing is, is that we've always called each other Mr. and Mrs. H. Absolutely. Well, Even before married. we had to call each other like anonymous names, we always refer to each other as that anyway yeah, which is so really endearing we'll probably keep doing that yeah I think so thanks Simon <laughs> <laughs> so Mrs H mm. or Carolyn if that is your real name Tits McGee Tits McGee mm. how did it feel to be on the show watching it describe watching your emotions it? watching it oh my god right actually watching it there and then in front of me um, acceptance hit me <laughs> <laughs> I was ultimately, and I'll be really honest here, I was extremely nervous when I saw the opening scene was a condom wrapper. Yeah. I really, really, my heart sunk and I got that feeling in the pit of my stomach where you're like, oh shit. So the condom wrapper did nothing to kind of quell that feeling of fear. Mm. However, um, I did then kind of rally a little bit because... Obviously, then it you know it cut to some slightly more interesting footage, and and I thought, okay, 
all right, what else were we expecting to see? In, I was in hoping for like a hangover style thing. <laughs> With they, a tiger wandering around and things on yeah, fire. <laughs> it was clearly the, the night before and we're going to retrace our steps using um, the used Johnny's strewn around the club. Well, yeah, but you know, those first 10, 15 seconds are quite critical in giving you a kind of gut feeling to things. And the visceral reaction I had was one of, oh shit, it's going to be seedy because yeah. of the condoms and the connotation that that gives you. I think the, the thing for me was, is that it was, it was it was either going to be seedy or too comical, mm-hmm. and it kind of the, the the sort of first few minutes certainly sort of straddled that line, seedy yeah. um, comical, which is g- generally where I live anyway. But <laughs> it kind of it kind of worried me a bit. But as we got further and further into yeah. it, actually, it was okay. Um, it was it was kind of worrying though because we were obviously waiting out to see ourselves, and that's the thing you're to- so distracted by waiting to see what you look like in that first glimpse, aren't you? That you're almost like galloping through the you know pr- preliminary sort of footage that was obviously about the setup of the owners of the club and what have you we were like come on where's our faces yeah, we give no fucks about the rest of these jabronis <laughs> come on where's the bed hoppers put them on the screen <laughs> well obviously you know we, we do care about the whole package as it were but um you love the whole package <laughs> you you obviously have a vested interest in, in in kind of looking at how you come across because that's your input in it you do and and I sort of, I found that I went on a bit of an emotional journey throughout the piece mm. because actually it was sort of when it did the little segment on us, um, I was, I actually felt quite proud of the way that we, we came across. Yeah. Now we'll, we'll get into some of the, the thoughts on, uh-huh. on some of those things, but broadly I, I kind of, there was an element of relief of, of actually we, we, I don't think we fucked this up, which for, mm. for us is rare. <laughs> I found myself um, reaching for your hand most of the way through the programme. But you kept grabbing my penis. It just got in the way. I know. It does <laughs> it often that. happens. I just found myself reaching out and wanting to kind of, you know, take you back into that journey with me because, you know, it obviously had set the tone for we're going through this hour together. And at the same time, we had people sort of staying in touch with us and going, oh my God, there's your faces and this and that. So I found myself wanting to be really sort of close to you and needing you to kind of feel that with me. Just in a way. like me, you <laughs> long to be. What? I did. And it's, and it's something we've done together. We, we went through together the whole thing. And I just wanted to kind of be with you I think um, for a bit more support as well yeah I think there was definitely a kind of shit we're in this together let's bandy yeah, together here but, yeah but we're always close and touchy really we anyway are, so um and I was I was really pleased that that came across in the film at least I hope it did um so that's how we kind of felt about it I felt relieved when we got to the first ad break yeah and by the first ad break I wasn't broken and I thought oh my god all right we're 15 minutes in we don't look like dickheads we haven't come across as a pair of absolute chumps. <laughs> I think f- for so me, far. there was a bit of stuff. We filmed a lot of stuff because we filmed with them for a whole day and then, yeah. then the evening and then a little bit the next day or, mm-hmm. or had pictures the next day. And there were some bits in there that I really didn't want to be shown on television. I wasn't happy with. Same here. And yeah. I was worried that they were going to make it into there. And, and mm-hmm. I don't think there's any, there's no spoilers in it. It was just silly questions and it just felt a little bit sleazy about what we were being asked or how it was being approached. For the most part, the actual filming was 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 really fun and and a really nice time. But there were the odd moments where where it kind of didn't feel as nice as it should have done. Mm. And I think you know we did go and speak to the the producers about that as mm. much as we could and ask them not to show those bits. But it was really nice to see that that hadn't been included. Absolutely, and those those elements I think would have really not upset me, but they they would have 
it would have felt really inauthentic to see them because they're not really a reflection of who we are and what we get from this. Yeah. The other thing is, is that the, the, the other bit that was left out and, and we'll come on to more of the stuff that was left out was that I sang the fucking theme tune about eight times for them <laughs> and it wasn't included. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you didn't offer to sing it. They asked you. Yeah, I mean, every <laughs> to be clear, yeah, at the start of every <laughs> you scene, you just keep following them round, going with your ukulele, going, "Please, just let me sing this. Let me play, <laughs> please." So, what do we think of the thing? What was our? Do you overall- want an overall? So what? Yeah, feel. What, what is your overall impression of the thing? Gosh, and and do you want this in one word, or do you want just I, a? I, Rambling. I, yeah, I, I've not planned it that far ahead. No. Just give me some uh, brain dump. <laughs> Take a massive brain shit that, on us. That's always dangerous asking me uh, to expose parts of my inner psyche. <laughs> However, all right, for, for me, I I was pleasantly surprised, actually, that it wasn't a complete farce because in the back of my mind, there was that nagging fear that it would be another repetition of the the awful dogging tales that emerged several years ago yeah where everyone immediately associates it with uh, and says oh god is it gonna be like that thing where they run around in masks and go around the woods and i was so relieved it wasn't that for one yeah i genuinely thought they they really pulled some uh, relatable and very touching concepts out there Mm -hmm. and Overall, I was so, so pleased that if nothing else, it's brought lots of people together to to talk about something that is very taboo and not really discussed openly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for that reason alone, I'm I'm so delighted to have been part of that and be able to be part of the aftermath and the sort of commentary and the feedback that has emerged off the back of it all. Yeah. So I feel... I actually feel okay. I didn't feel like I needed to change my name from Carlos Wiseuina to something else and disappear <laughs> into the ether and never show my face again. I felt like I could walk in with my held, head held high and be okay about the fact that I'd appeared in it. Yeah, and, and I, I'd echo that really. I think um, my my resounding initial impression was it could have been a lot worse. Mm. Um, and Absolutely. I know that's damning with faint praise or whatever the phrase mm. is, <laughs> but to a certain extent, we've seen so many documentaries which really don't take this lifestyle or swinging lifestyle seriously or don't give it a fair examination that actually we thought it was going, or I thought it was going to be uh, a lot more silly and a lot more piss takey and mm. a lot more kind of look at these freaks. And I, I thought they handled the majority of it with care. Now I've got some some oh, yeah. issues and and we'll we'll come on to those and I've got some com- not complaints but things I would alter maybe some thoughts but around how you would have liked to have maybe yeah. seen some portrayals a little differently but overall I felt like it gave a pretty good diverse mix of people mm-hmm. a pretty good view of of different experiences that you might have if you go to a club and actually I came away thinking I'm not embarrassed about this. I don't feel as though um, we've let the side down or I've let the side down. And I think, you know, we, we, we stuck to what we believe in and we we've come away with that. So I, I was mm. pretty proud of us for, for doing it. And I think it was pretty bloody scary. So mm. overall, I, I, you know, I don't think it's a, um, you know, a, a program that's going to necessarily change the world, but I do think it might be a program that gets people talking. 
And that's a good thing. Yeah. And Absolutely, it's a that, good thing. That's really important when it comes to uh, normalising non-monogamy. Hey, friends. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I know they like that phrase, but and it being the it's name of their show. But, you know, that's that's something that I think is really important with the whole lifestyle because I don't want people to judge us and our friends um, for what we do. I think this should be, you know, just part of life's great tapestry. Mm. So for that reason, I kind of, I kind of thought it was all right. So, Mrs. H, mm. if that is your real name, um, <laughs> what was good about it? What were the good bits that you thought really came to life in this show? Okay, so I think it did a, a brilliant job of um, exploring, as you say, the diverse range of people who who are doing something a little unorthodox, and it, you don't have to fit into a stereotype, and you don't have to be a certain type of individual to enjoy a life less ordinary you mm. know so it, it was it was brilliant in that they brought together sort of you know couples brilliant we, we were a couple there was another couple featured in the show as well obviously it explored you know the, the life of how it might feel from the lens of a single guy um you know a the, the unicorn thing and then obviously the, the older lady yeah. which and it was brilliant in that it brought all that together and yes it, it showed it all through the lens of a club because they had this overarching narrative about how it might all come together but i like i like the fact that it was um it showed you that anyone indeed can be enjoying this it felt um, like a really good mix yes of it people. did i think so but what i liked about it um there on the night actually is that they felt like good people as well Mm-hmm. So no one came across like a huge dick, uh, <laughs> which, you know, it's really important. Phrasing. You should never be 100% a dick. <laughs> but, it, it, you know, everyone seemed really nice. And we, although we didn't spend that much time with um, the people that were being mm-hmm. filmed until the next day, when we did get some time to, to chat to them, actually, they were really lovely mm-hmm. people. And that came across really well. Um, yeah. We spent quite a lot of time ch- chatting to Siobhan, Siobhan. Um, and she was just a legend, bless her. She was lovely. I think she was amazing. I think she was incredible for coming forward and giving her brutally honest, very, very compelling story. Um, and and I, I really hope she, she gets some credence and kind of... Uh, basically an outpouring of support for that because that, that can't have been easy to no. talk about that. And I, I think she's incredible for basically trying to live the rest of her life now doing what makes her happy. Yeah. And good on her. And I, I thought the, the club owner did a pretty good job at first. And I'll be honest, I thought, <laughs> you know, it came across a little bit comical. And a it was little. Good. And, <laughs> and it was kind of the, the trailer that, that had him in it was him talking to a young woman and it just felt a little bit on the the creepier side. Now, it did a little. I think actually, when you listen to what he's really saying, and when you look at what he said throughout the course of the show, that that sort of evaporated, and that didn't come across for me. I love the little quote he gave towards the end, which was around. It's like a series of little relationships. It was really sweet. It was, and, and and I really like the fact that he kind of he gets it, it. He gets yeah. it, and he clearly puts a lot of time and attention into making the club the best that it can be for him mm-hmm. and and for for the people that attend. Now, you know, we'll talk about the club in a, in a minute, but actually, it was it was um he felt like a very welcoming person on the night, although we didn't have that much to. To, to do with no, him, really, we if we're really no. honest. We, we heard his buffet announcement and that was it. We were kind uh-huh. of grabbing, um, you know, prom rings. and. <laughs> but, but what a legend for his T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, if anyone hasn't seen it, it was Viagra is for pussies. Yes. And like, you won't hear me say that word again. 
well, not just yet, but <laughs> <laughs> but what a legendary bloke for um, you know showing showing what you can do at that age. Yeah, Brian, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, so I think um, the other thing that you know we've touched on it already a little bit. What was really good about it is this um, was it was watched on the night I think by one point one million people. That's incredible. Which um, is a lot of people given the current climate, apparently. So the the producer dude mm, tells me. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a huge amount of people that actually had some level of insight into non-monogamy and the swinging mm-hmm. lifestyle. Now, it may not always be the best representation of that, or it might not be your experience. But the fact is, is that people have have seen it and, it, and they are talking about it. Mm. Um, now, we'll talk about some of the reactions as well in a minute, but... You know, I'm just really pleased that we off the back of this, we've had um, a lot of contact from on Twitter and on Fab Swingers from people who are new, who are just looking to explore and dip their Mm -hmm. toes in. And they've seen the show and they have questions and they want to know all about it. And I think that's amazing. You know, if it just helps guide people and give them a, you know, an intro to this or even just makes them talk about their own sex lives in a way. That's a victory mm. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, one of my other <laughs> um, notable regrets, though, as you were talking about reactions, I just remembered how I felt when I heard about the prawn ring. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, that needs a, a notable mention. Yeah. And this uh, is part of the, the sort of Louis Theroux weird weekend yeah. style, um, you know, cu- sort of humour in the mundane. And there is... I think th- so. I, but I think there's a lot of charm to be had for that. And, and a bit it's, of nostalgia, a bit well, of a throwback to the, the, the retro sort of sex party type vibe, maybe. Well, I, I don't think it's even that. I think it's just, it's almost a very British thing, isn't it? You have a party, you have a prawn ring. And, it, and it's almost that kind <laughs> of... Um, retro yeah. sort of rose tinted spectacles kind of view of the world um and this is the thing that that louis theroux often does very well not that this was his documentary but it's that pulling the the, the regular the humdrum out of a, a extraordinary situation and it's all too easy to to sort of you know go oh here's some sex toys and mm. and to be caught up in that moment because it's not something you see on television and for for people who aren't in the lifestyle and and aren't open with their sexuality you know there is a bit of a chortle to be had especially with the british i noticed the look on her face when she was talking about and she was like um she made a little uh, inflection over there and a prawn ring. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> Did you honestly not expect me to, to talk about it? <laughs> yeah. The prawn ring proved popular on Twitter. And <laughs> it really did. <laughs> and Facebook and the rest of it. The other the other really good thing that I was really happy with was that um, Yoko got to be on television. Oh, she had her moment to stardom. She's just been like mooring her private yacht, actually, while we speak. <laughs> She's famous now. <laughs> Instant celeb overnight. Yeah, clearly she's she's done very well. She's uh, all the royalties are now coming in for Yoko yeah, and, and her um, work. She's going to get her own spin-off series. I know, right? <laughs> but that, it was it was nice to see um, a slice of our home because it genuinely was filmed in our house. Mm-hmm. Um, not the whole thing because you know we don't live in a sex club. That'd be weird. That would have been a bit strange. Filmings every night. Yeah, and <laughs> and have that kind of slice of oh, that's what life was like before COVID. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Actually, it feels quite weird now to even you know think about setting foot in a in a, a place where there's lots of people, it's because this is the norm at the moment. Like not going to these places and not having people around you, it feels odd. And the the other sort of final good thing before we we move on to some of the more challenging aspects mm-hmm. that I want to mention is that I had some feedback uh, from my sister, <laughs> and she 
she was very affirming or very uh, complimentary and said that my mother would have loved the name drop. So she absolutely would have been loving it. A posthumous yeah, sort of name drop. She would have loved to have watched it with us. She'd have wanted to go to the club with us. I mean, <laughs> that's the thing. But it, it was really nice to get that feedback actually from uh, from family mm-hmm. and um, to have that level of support. So I was incredibly grateful for that. And actually, you know, this week, um, since it all aired, I've had more open, honest, truthful, authentic conversations with people. And it surprised me how amazingly supportive people have been and not just kind of avoided me or not not wants to talk about it they've actually been oh cool that, that was interesting yeah and, and i feel like a huge weight is off my shoulders that i can actually be a bit more open and honest with people and that's been really cool i think the the feedback that we've had from people that follow us on twitter from people on fab instagram all the, the social media stuff has been really really positive um, not always about the the documentary, and I think people have their own thoughts around that, and will come on to us about about the more negative side of it. But actually, the the support for us as we've gone through this journey mm. has been really, really incredible, and we're so um, you know we're so touched actually yeah. um, in many ways as ever. But <laughs> but actually, it's been really, really gratefully received, and it was it wasn't an easy thing to to do. No, um, it really and, wasn't. And we felt really drained come sort of. Tuesday morning. Um, we didn't go to bed until late. Um, you know, we were sat chatting to friends because... Adrenaline rush. Yeah, it was such an adrenaline rush. But actually, everyone has been universally sort of supportive with us. And, and I just want to take that moment to thank everybody. Yeah. So if you did that, um, have 10 bed hopper points. Thank you. Well done. <laughs> you are awesome. Brilliant. That's right, sir and madam. You. <laughs> um, so the less good things. Now, yes. Watching the thing... I think it's really important to stress that we've not had any kind of edit to this. We didn't see it before it went live. Um, and um, we know that with television, there is a story to tell. And the mechanism of having um, people go to a club on a, on a Valentine's night, and I use that term loosely, um, and following the people that are going, it's designed to, to pro- provoke a level of interest and design mm-hmm. to pull a story together. But I think it's really, really important to say that it wasn't staged in no, any way. It was not. Um, or certainly for, for us, our experience was we was that we said whatever we wanted to say. And we said a lot of stuff <laughs> um, and we kept talking and then we didn't stop talking, but that's probably why there's not that much of us in there anyway. We weren't um, told to go and do anything specific. We weren't no. placed in places. We weren't told to go and do specific things in any order. We were told to just be and do whatever we wanted. Yeah. And hundred percent. We weren't encouraged to play. No. It was very much a case of you do you and we'll just follow you around. Mm-hmm. The uncomfortable moments that I mentioned earlier were much more about being in our own home and being asked questions that we felt that were a bit... Those were some of the uncomfortable moments. Yeah. I mean, there, there were a couple of things I want to allude to on the club night, but yes, the, the, the home conversations were probably more... Because uh, that was a longer exposure, wasn't it, really, where we had like a whole day of it. Yeah, there was that. So I think the first big challenge for me, though once we had watched the documentary was around the language and um, some of the selling points and the, and the salaciousness. Some of the terminology. Yeah, some used. of the terminology. Mm. So they use the term wife swapping, which mm. fucking hell, it's not 1963. <laughs> you know, we, we've all got to grow up and, you know, we're, we're swingers. We're in the swinging lifestyle. Mm-hmm. We're, in, we're ethically non-monogamous. Um, 
you know, all that sort of stuff. And, and wife swapping is just, uh, and there was a couple of lines around people being desperate for sex and that's, yeah. and, and really, you know, it, Felt like we were on the prowl. Yeah. And that we and it, couldn't be appeased and we had to have sex. <laughs> and and in a way, that commentary toned down some of the great stuff that was being said about relationships mm. and connections and social elements and all the other good stuff that we really love about the lifestyle. So, you know, and I think it did include some of that stuff, but the salacious sort of, oh my, commentary on top of it. Um <laughs> didn't didn't help and i you know i would love to have just changed a few of those words and just you know just had had a moment with that to <clears throat> to make it flow a bit better and make it slightly less negative from our eyes i, I suppose i suppose to the average listener or watcher of, of the show um who hasn't had an experience of this they don't know any different so you know my hope is is that people will go away and educate themselves rather than taking some of this language with them Mm. But there's always a risk because they've seen it on TV. They they think that's the way and that's how it yeah, goes. And and it doesn't, it, it shouldn't just make people assume that that's what we all do and want. And it, it really is a very, very broad generic term that they used. And as, as you say, I appreciate they use it to titillate and to provoke some reactions and have the general public, all one million of them saying, oh, look, wife swapping. <laughs> it wasn't. But you're right. It, it's... um. It is there to sell, isn't it? And it's a narrative that's designed to pull people in and get them interested. So, And I think given the fact that it has this narrative, mm. it has a mix of people, but it's never going to show everyone's lifestyle experience. Oh, God, no. Tiny section, really. So it's really important to recognise that whilst you may see or recognise some of the elements that are in there, this isn't going to be your experience if we're all being true to ourselves and doing what we would do when we went to, we would go to a club, then that's as real as it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really important to think, you know, if you don't believe this was, and we've seen a lot of comments with yeah, people asking have. if it's staged or if it, if it's not real, you know, they can't possibly portray in the course of an hour, everyone's swinging experience, especially when they're only focused on one club night mm-hmm. and with five or six people. There's yeah. only so much you can do. And plus that club is potentially vastly different to club experiences that other people have had and that you would choose to have. Well, that was a lovely segue and one that I was going to make myself, dear. <laughs> the club is the other, is one of the other things that um, it's not that I have issue with, but it's not my favourite club. Correct. Um, that sounds like a child-like well, tantrum in a way. I think it's but- important to preface a little bit and, and explain that we're not huge club goers, to be fair. It's not, not something we seek out. It's it's nice to visit a nice one and potentially with friends, but it, it's not high on our list of this is the kind of centre of our non-monogamous universe. It's really not. No, and, and typically most clubs are sort of an hour and a half or two hours or whatever away from yeah. us. So we do have to make a journey and we do have to stay and we do have to invest. What I would say, though, is that we went to Liberty Elite, which is where they held, mm-hmm. the, held the event. Um, and we, we, we'd we been there before, I think back Once. in Abbott's. Episode 34. And our experience wasn't that great at the club. Now, part of that will be based on the night that you have. And Mm -hmm. granted, you know, you could go there, you know, go to the world's worst club, but meet the world's best people. And that's going to have a great experience. Yeah. Yeah. And that's going to impact your overall experience and your not rating of the club, but but your your thoughts about it. But certainly our experience was it was a it was a bit of a strange place and it felt a little bit dated, a little bit dusty. Yeah. It's clear, clearly clean and it's clearly well cared for and there's clearly thought in there, but it just doesn't feel like my place. 
I would agree. And again, that's our opinion. And it's, it's absolutely not casting any, you know, um, opinions on how they run their place. No. It, it's great. And for some people, it might be their favourite club. In fact, having read lots of feedback, it is some people's favourite club. And yeah. that's great. But for us, it wasn't, no. it wasn't a club that we were ever going to go back to. No. no. And it was only that they happened to be filming at this place mm. that, that that we agreed to come along. Now, which leads to another thing. So on the night, it was pretty fucking empty. Now, this was because it was held <laughs> on a Sunday during the middle of a storm. Storm was, Dennis or yeah, something. It was, yeah, anyway, it was a big storm. And several roads were closed. Yeah. And it was Sunday and it was like post-Valentine's Day. And um, you were going to be filmed on television if you came along. It's it's not a great mix of please come along, is it? <laughs> no, it's 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 um it's a very difficult mix, and it's a very challenging thing to film, especially when you know I I think the producers struggled to get a number of people to go on television because you are revealing that you're ethically non-monogamous and you are a swinger and all this kind of stuff, and that you know that is quite exposing. We know because we've. I can lived it over the last few, well, yeah. last six months, I suppose our journey has been on that front in particular. But but this, you know, we can't get much more open than going on a national fucking television mm. show and, and using our real names and using our real names. It's not for everybody, no. And yeah, to be fair, I'm amazed it got people at all in in a way because, in a sense, the the lifestyle does kind of uh, point you to wanting to remain anonymous. And wanting to preserve that kind of respect that you've got because you don't want people to stand up and poke fun at you. You don't want to put yourself in front of, you know, millions of people who will then Monday morning in the office go, ah, I saw you in a sex club. Why would you? So, yes, it was very quiet for that reason, I think. Yeah. And the other thing is, is that we didn't get to meet the other people that were being filmed until we went into the club. So yeah, this, so this is on one of your list of regrets. It's, it's one of mine as well. Yeah. and the, I would have liked to have met them so, for a little chat. Yeah. The other five, six people or whatever it was mm-hmm. um, that were there on, on the night, we had to kind of work out who they were. Right. No introduction. By, no, just, just by following who was <laughs> following them around with cameras. Now, there were a number of other people that went there that night, but it wasn't a huge amount of people. It was really quiet. The other thing about filming there is, of course, they want to be able to hear what you're saying. So there is no music playing. It's, oh, it's just so this weird, empty, vacuous space with just gentle chatter. It was like being in the Weatherspoons because they don't really play music much. Well, I don't it, think weird. I'd ever say anything is as bad as being in the Weatherspoons. <laughs> or, or like being in like a, in an airport departure lounge or something weird. It was just like it was weird kind of no background music to kind of give you that ambience, I suppose. It's just your own voices, isn't it? it yeah, it really was. And it, it kind of felt really strange. And obviously it is a little bit of a force situation, but it's not a stage situation in, in that we've not been told what to do yeah. and where to go and all this sort of stuff. But it is a kind of awkward one because you're sort of have, having half these chats while some camera person is sort of in your face or stood yeah. back and filming you. or Pardon me, you're all sort of, you know, and- wearing mics all the time and all this sort of stuff is going on. So it doesn't feel as natural as it might do. That said, when we did have a look around, there really wasn't anyone that we were particularly interested in. And that's 100% genuine. That's whether cameras were there or not. Um, it was 100% how I felt. Oh, absolutely. It's quite interesting because, you know, some of the editing will come on to that. Yep. Lots of things that we're going to keep this coming back to. This is the bit that to. I yelled at the TV about. Yeah, <laughs> there were a few yelling at the TV moments, but, you know, you kind of, 
Oh, I've lost my train of thought now. Uh. <laughs> no, I think I know where you were going. You, you were basically explaining that there was nobody there of any particular interest to us that night, um, partly because it was very empty, I suspect. Yep. And also, yes, the pressure of the fact that you're in front of millions of people watching you anyway, it would have to be pretty fucking spectacular to want you to reveal any bits of your body. <laughs> I think. Well, you know, I think we, we did say, and I think, you know, we, we weren't that keen on getting naked in front of the camera. No. But actually, if we did find people that we we're really interested in, then we could have played with them. But the chances are we probably would have gone back to our room I to agree. do so and had a level of privacy. I do agree. That's that's absolutely the case. We we That's how we want to remain. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think in terms of the the swinging experience, you know, it does. And this is where I really believe that it does represent a bit of a mix of that and does show some of the real swinging lifestyle in action in that, you know, we've, we're a couple that we went we went there. We're absolutely firm in our beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't find anyone that we wanted to play with. So we went back to play with ourselves. Brilliant. Brilliant. But you also had a couple that had some drama. Yeah. I've seen it in clubs. It happens. Of course it does. Younger couple. You see a single guy. Yeah. There was a unicorn. There was the States person in there. So mm. Siobhan. <laughs> and so there was a, a, a mix of people that were in that environment. There was also somebody who was in there that was incredibly intoxicated and they, uh, to their credit, they checked her out. Yeah. Do you remember? I do remember that. So, and, and again, that's very representative of what you might find in a club. Yeah. So Someone it, having a bit too much. Whilst there weren't many people in there, I do think it presented at least a selection of, of yeah, the lifestyle and agree. a selection of, of, of stories. It's a fair cross-section of what you might encounter. Exactly. But the, the bit that stuck stuck with me, I think, is overall the club itself isn't a place that I'd necessarily want to go back to. Mm-hmm. So for those that are sort of having a look and going, oh, it doesn't look what I'd like... There are many, many clubs across the UK and and in fact, across the world. And it's, you know, there's so many different choices Mm. and options. It's always worth having a look to see what's in your local area and seeing if that club suits your style. Yeah, don't tell them all the same brush. There's so many different places that will cater to, you know, what you kind of are looking for. And there's some clubs that are perhaps more um, kink based, orientated maybe. And some are just like more... um, well, a bit more glam, maybe. It was interesting because, you know, I was having a chat with someone today and they said, well, you know, I, I expected the rooms in there to be something like, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey, like <laughs> the red room. And actually, we've seen many rooms that are, are just like that. Of course. But this was not one of those places. No. So, you know, there was, you know, whilst I think the owner, and I, and I stand by this, seems like a really cool chap Absolutely. And, and loves the hell out of his club and does a lot for his clients. It just isn't our place. So... For that reason, moot. <laughs> <laughs> Not for the first time. <laughs> Not for the first time. So there was that. I think um, the other thing that was quite, that I found quite a struggle, and this isn't the program itself, it's the reaction to it. And and basically social media. Yes. So before we move on to the social media piece, because that's quite huge, uh, I wanted to briefly just mention again whilst you're on the subject of the kind of flow and the editing of it yes um my my particular irk was the way that they implied what we were looking for that night well there were two edits there for were. us <laughs> so uh, that, that that sort of irked us i guess as, yeah. as a pair so the first one was around um i was giving offering some explanation around uh what makes you Jealous. Now you can. Oh, that one. There's yeah. that one, and you can clearly hear me. Um, I'm I'm cut halfway through because I, I I'm sure I give a couple of more reasons for what might make I'm you sure jealous. Because you, you know it's me, and I can't stop talking. And then it cuts to to Mrs H there, who gives the most disgusted look known to man. What I love about this, this is TV magic, is that 
that that reaction wasn't to that specific moment because it can't have been because there was only one camera. But that reaction was so perfect. Uh, we have had a plethora of people sending us gifts of that moment precisely, and we've seen it referenced a few times in social media people as well. Know me, will know that that's a look that happens naturally. A- about 50 times a day. <laughs> the Mrs. H's displeased look. <laughs> yes. But what makes me laugh is some people have interpreted that look as you being, yeah, I'm definitely thinking I about it. Whereas <laughs> I know that look is like, I am going to fucking kill him when as soon as these camera people are out of the room, he's going to die. <laughs> that is a typical Mrs. H look, isn't it? And the other thing was around. Yes. This what really annoyed me. <clears throat> so as I remember saying on the night, those naughty little squirrels decided to put across the impression that I was on the prowl, as it were, for a full swap that night and that I had my eye on that couple. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember being extremely uh, vexed at the fact that I did not say that (laughs) at any point. And I was most definitely not um, on the search and I did not have my eye on anyone in particular apart from you. Good. No, just saying. Well, that's not good. So it but, made you know. me a little bit cross that I came across, or we, I should say, I, I say me because it felt a little bit more like it was aimed at me in a way because they kept cutting to my my expression when they were talking about the fact that, you know, we had our eye on a couple and then it kept showing me talking to this, this <laughs> woman and like giving her the eyes or <laughs> I'm like, I was probably just eyeing up a glass of Prosecco, you know, steady. (laughs) I definitely did not have um, any intention. I think it's fair to say that they were a perfectly lovely couple. They were very new and it was very nice chatting to them. But but there was was never any intention on on there. It was quite interesting. I think we did say, let's go and have a look at the... um, We did, the the room. just to have a look. (laughs) What I I love is that that we we did kind of take one look and then we were like, no. Yeah, exactly that. Um, so no, we um, uh, maybe we came across as a bit boring as a result of that. Maybe, uh, maybe, but I, you I know, don't care. <laughs> it, I think the thing was is that um, quite often we don't like putting on a show for people we don't know. If that makes sense, and sometimes we just like to enjoy each other's company because you know, yeah. if, if there's nothing there that, that takes our interest, I think we're right to go. Well, you know what? We don't have to kick the ass out of it. Let's just. Of course, you don't. Go go back to our bedroom and then I can cave our back doors in or something like that. <laughs> you just you you take from experience what you want and yeah. what makes you happy at that moment in time. And you know, if we didn't want to do anything else, then that's that. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, I, I just fair. wanted to I just wanted to publicly state that I did not necessarily have anyone uh lined up. <laughs> <laughs> and it certainly wasn't my intention to go and seek um some wild sex at night if I hadn't kind of, you know. I wasn't feeling that. Well, I think it's that if, if we'd have found people that we were interested in, I think it would have been a different story. But yeah. um, the fact was that that we didn't. We did chat to quite a few people there on the night. and Absolutely, we did. Um, but obviously you don't see that because of the magic of television. I know. A little bit of editing here and there. magic it is indeed. I know, right? So <laughs> as I was saying, yes, the sorry. In- internet reactions. Oh my goodness. It's been a fascinating insight. Now, we are no stranger to people... Um, commenting on stuff that we've been involved in. Of course not. And we've got broad shoulders now. We can, we know that people have an opinion. Of course they're entitled to that. Do you know, but it's been a fascinating couple of weeks because, you know, we've um, have been having some Twitter conversations with people where (laughs) we have been, we've commented on the, on their thing and they've taken it down. And and it's kind of, you have to stand by your convictions a little bit. I know. We we said it in the first place. So 
Yeah. Yeah. So you know, we're on the show. We're there, and we have to live with what's what's there. So, and and we said, you know, quite hopefully comfortably last week <laughs> that if we didn't like something, we'd we'd say. Now, and we absolutely respect everybody's rights to have an opinion and comment on stuff. So, but I was quite surprised at how. Um, how negative people have been about certain situations that have it's happened. Been savage. You know, and I think <laughs> there was a lot of stuff aimed at Siobhan. And I think up until the point where Siobhan uh, revealed some of her, some of the trauma that she'd experienced mm-hmm. in the past. Yeah. And then the comments pretty much dried up pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it really showed, you know, and I think there was a moment where um, Hannah and Justin were talking about some wine bottle and what they'd done with it. Now, oh my days! Uh, you know, <laughs> never yuck someone's yum, yam, yum, whatever no, no. it is. No, I mean but, each to his own. But equally, you know, if you're going to say that on television, then you're going to have to you got to expect a level of thought about it. Yes, absolutely. But, you know, and and I think the world is pretty much sat at home doing fuck all and has learned to comment even more on stuff. So it's been pretty pretty tricky looking at some of those comments about. People that are actually genuinely nice human beings that have just had a moment or just said something that they probably shouldn't have or or revealed a bit too much. And I think, you know, it was quite a struggle because we met some of the, you know, we met all those people and they were nice human beings. I think we definitely didn't deserve the, the onslaught of savage commentary that spilled from that yeah, but, you know equally what's sad is sad and you can't unsay things once they're out there. So. Yeah, I think in hindsight, I don't know. I I, th- I do feel I do feel for them because uh, we we've had our own sort of selection of comments that might have been aimed at us a little bit along the way, and it doesn't feel nice. But equally, you know, people are just going to comment based on what they see and how they feel. Yeah, and 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 the story that they're presented with, and you know, we're privileged enough to have been behind the scenes on this, and and have mm. seen some different pieces to it all, and. You know, I'm, I'm privileged enough to admit. Yeah, I mean, them, you know, so. people often say, you know, don't don't say something unless you're happy to say it to someone's face. And you know, would those half of those people come up and and say that kind of thing in that tone to you face to face? I like to think not. You know, but equally, it's easy to say something like that, isn't it? When you're safely behind a keyboard and you can just spew vitriol at people and just get get a laugh out of it. But there's people on the end of that. It's, it's hurtful. This this is true, and I think one of the big um, bits of feedback that I've seen, particularly on on Fab Swingers, is around um, you know why couldn't they pick like regular swingers? And, and <laughs> oh this, yeah, this is just that mystified me that comment. Well, it, well, it mystifies me, and I think part of their their complaint <laughs> is around you know they've all had so much trauma, and well, mm. and, and I, I I do resent this sort of comment because I think. You know, everyone's gone through stuff in their life. And I think it would be a boring television show if we didn't explore some of them as human beings, because we want mm. to know who they are. We want to root for people and root them sometimes uh, and and get to know them as, as real life people. And to mm. do that, you have to talk about what's gone on in their lives. And you have to live life. Yeah. And, and if that trauma or that moment has been a big influence on what they're doing, that's absolutely fine. We all have different reasons for for doing what we do and being in the lifestyle and other things, you know, as I, you know, I spoke very openly about my mum passing away and that mm-hmm. being a trigger for us, but actually for us, the, the, the journey is so much more than that because it's expanding our 
our adventures and our lives together. And it's interesting because, I mean, obviously you revealed, you revealed some snippet of your own personal sort of story that, that, that obviously had a level of trauma and sadness in it. Yeah. Does that mean, you know, ergo, are you dysfunctional and fragile and broken? And oh, yeah. Mean, I mean, that's me anyway. <laughs> but no, this, this, this kind of, you know, unsaid implication that all the people featured in that show um, were shown as being dysfunctional and socially, you know, not fitting in some way. And, you know, they're, they're then linking that with, oh, why do we have to show people that um, are swingers that always have some awful backstory? Well, actually, every person in, you know, in life probably has some element, as you say, of sadness and trauma and something that would make them sound a bit broken if you were to ask them to reveal something like that. Mm. But that's not why people are swingers and you don't, you don't have to have that in your life to be a swinger. No, I, I think, and that was, and I guess that's kind of where people are coming from to a certain yeah. extent is that, you know, anyone could be a swinger. At least that was the design behind it to, to kind of show it. It could be the person next door to you. It could be a teacher. It could be a whatever. And, and actually it doesn't matter what your background is either. You know, mm. People have trauma all the time. People go through really difficult situations. That shouldn't stop you from enjoying the lifestyle. And, and you know, anyone can get stuck in there as a result. Mm. Do, you, do you think that um, the show kind of positioned itself around uh, implying that people who are non-monogamous can't experience love then? Because there was a few comments around, um, do you think, the sex would feel better if you were in love with somebody? Do you think if you were in a relationship, you'd be happier? I think, you know, that was a little bit of an angle because I think mm. that's, I think that's something that the average person that's not in a lifestyle might be interested in. They mm -hmm. might want to know that. So, and, and that is often something that comes up around the jealousy is that, you know, you, you send your partner away to, to, you know, don't send them away, but you know what I mean? They get mm. to play with somebody else. What happens if that person is a better lover than than mm -hmm. you? Is it that love makes the difference in that? Is it that your connection makes it stronger or better sex mm. or whatever it might be? And I think that's one of the, you know, certainly from our experience, and I think, you know, I can't remember exactly how much we spoke about this, but, you know, for us, the reconnection is the best part of everything yeah. is, you know, the, the love that we have between us is, is incredible. And that's what drives us to have adventures together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know that no one can compare to you. Yay. Which is good. So I'm contractually <laughs> obliged to say that at least every three episodes, um, legally, of course, <laughs> but you know, I think, and people are going to be interested because actually, you know, what if someone is better? What if there's a jealousy piece there? How do you cope with all that? I think that's where that comes from. Yeah, perhaps. I, I think they were trying to also get a bit of an angle that people, people like the single girl, the single guy, but even Siobhan, you know, were doing it because they can't find love. And this is almost like they're settling for, you know, this, this sleazier way of life because they're, they're unlucky in love, maybe in some way. Maybe. Maybe it's their choice to just bang around and feel happy. <laughs> and, I, and I think that's the thing is that, you know, from, we come from a slightly more hopefully educated mm -hmm. sort of way of life. And I think, you know, it is fun to go and explore and, you know, if you can do, why not? Mm -hmm. But I, I, I don't think the show pulled out too much of that stuff. I think, I think the trauma aspect was probably dialed up a bit. I think there were a couple of questions around love, but it was very quickly swept away. And I think some of the stuff that the, the owner said kind of talked around that as well. I do. I think I found it more reflected in some of the commentary we saw as well. Yeah. Coming from the social media stuff. I, I think I saw a few sort of comments around that. 
Okay. But yeah. Well, uh, to be fair, there's been so many comments. And, I know. You know, some it's of the, the forums on, on Fab Swingers have been shut because there's just too many comments for them to, to handle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and given the technology, that's probably six comments. But, you know, <laughs> it, 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 is a, it is a tough topic because I think everyone has their experience of swinging and lifestyle and non-monogamy. And they all see it their way. You know, mm. you, we have our way of doing it. You have yours. You might be similar. You might not be. But you, your way will most certainly have some differences to the way that we do it. it might be the rules. It might be the, the way you see it or the way you feel about it or the way you deal with jealousy, any of those things. And when you look at a program like this, you want to see your version on screen because that's what you're proud of. Mm. That's what you want to promote. That's what you tell your mates about if you can, that you're really happy about. And if you don't see that, you feel cheated mm-hmm. because... That's the bit that speaks volumes to you. Now, you know, and and this is why I was really keen or why we were really keen for us to go on the show, because we wanted to present our version of this, because this is the thing that we love. Mm. And, you know, some people and, you know, you said there's been so much feedback. Some people have been, well, why wasn't there, you know, why wasn't everybody fucking? Why weren't they all getting down to it? Why were that couple boring? <laughs> and And you know what? That's not our way. We don't turn up and we don't just rock up and fuck. And we've been true to ourselves and the people that were on the show were true to themselves. Yeah. So, and, and if you wanted to see that version of the lifestyle, then, then you should have gone on television and presented it. Also granted, this is a 60 minute or 60 something minute show. Mm-hmm. It's an hour long documentary or whatever it was, 60 minutes an hour. The same thing in it really. Um, you know, it can only. <laughs> generally speaking, the generally, 60 minutes yeah. an hour, yeah. It can only show so much and it can only do it through the lens that it's got and the storytelling that, that it's got. It has to be compelling. It has to sell because it's a producer making it for, for a channel mm. who then sells it, you know, and they, they sell the ad breaks mm. and all that sort of stuff. So there has to be a level of salaciousness. There has to be a bit of storytelling. Otherwise, what's the point? For and them? no one will tune in. No. Exactly. If it was just to sit down and chat to some people because they, they have sex with other people, chances are, unless you saw some element of that sex going on, would you watch? it probably not no so, you might listen to it because it might be something that's more suited to like some audio debate but it's certainly yeah, not something you would put on national tv tonight <laughs> two swingers interviewed about what they do they sit in a room and talk <laughs> yes you won't see any salacious sex clubs there are no red lights here no this is amazing rings. no prawn rings <laughs> no funny moments where they only wash it at 40 degrees none of that stuff and if it was just a boring conversation, you'd sit exactly. there and you'd be like, oh, yeah, great. This non-monogamous lifestyle is boring as fuck. Whereas the reality is it <laughs> can be exciting. It can be fun. It can be, mm. you know, great. But there has to be a balance between how you sell it and how you draw people in. And I get that having a few of those comedic moments, as much as they annoy me, are really important to getting people hooked I in and talking are. about they, it. They're kind of a glue that brings it all together in a way. And I know you're so Jedi and you like to bring balance to the force. So, you know, I think maybe, maybe, maybe that's what we were trying to do. We were trying to give a, an unbiased view and of our, our own experience and then have that slot in with other people's. Yeah, I, I think, you know, we've, we've done, what, 83 now episodes mm. of a show and been on countless others and all this sort of stuff. And, I, you know, we kind of, we've, we've found our, our way in this, this world and, and, you know, you, you take what you want out of it. 
Yeah, and, you know, as a listener, you kind of go, oh, that sounds about right. I like the way that Mr. H Batmans his way through life. But I also like the way that Mrs. H rocks up and, you know, slips, trips and falls on a dick. They're all fine. Wow. But, when did yeah. that happen? What episode was that? <laughs> that was like every episode. How dare you? I know. Amazing, isn't it? But you could take that out of it and, and you take the bits that you want rather than the whole mm. thing, which is why we do this. And and the same is exactly true of us going on the show, because I think it's really important that everyone hears about swinging. Now, the other thing I want to address very briefly before we start wrapping this up, honestly. Is, oh, you are going to wrap it up <laughs> yeah, at yeah, some yeah, point. Yeah, the, the, the Mr. H's final moment is going you on for like... You can go on for like a few more hours about <laughs> everything. <laughs> <laughs> I did have a point. <laughs> Ah, I'm sure it was a very fine point. It was a very, very fine point. It was a salient point. It's always salient. However, I think I think what you what we were trying to say overall with the you know with the overall holistically, we've got the the social media backlash, which is still now entering, as I said to you earlier, a more reflective kind of phase for me. I think now, you know, it, we've gone with the immediate visceral outpouring of, oh my god, I'm disgusted, or this this was a travesty and all the other stuff and the nice stuff as well. And now what we're finding is the more salient points where we're starting to catch up on some of the messages more and we're starting to get some real, really good insight, I think, you know, as to what people really thought about it all. Yeah. And I'm, I'm pleased to say that I think, you know, we, we've had some really positive feedback. We have. We've had some lovely feedback. And let's be honest, we have had some nice stuff. And I think overall the show has been received relatively well. I think, mm-hmm. you know, I think parts of the swing community have have their issues with it. Mm-hmm. And it just depends on how dismissive or how militant mm-hmm. they are about their own particular style. And I think that's where where I've kind of become a bit sort of not defensive. I don't because I I don't want to defend the program, but I think there is a it has a right to to be there. Mm-hmm. And and it goes back to that, you know, if their version of it isn't on there, you know, that they're unhappy. Yeah. But the reality is, is that this was a show seen by millions of people or 1.1 million people. Um, and people are talking about it and non-monogamy, the more that it's in the mainstream, the more it's out there, the more we can talk about it, the better. And, and I get back to that point that I was going to say, but is around... Um, some people will say that by making it mainstream, you take away the tabooness of it. Mm-hmm. But actually, I think it would be much more important to not feel ashamed of doing it and to be able to talk to people openly about it. I'm not saying that we all need to sit down and have a roast dinner with our kids and tell us tell them about who we were fucking last night. No, what I mean is is that so you, when you go into work and people say, "Did you have a good weekend?" You can actually talk about this in an open, mature, and adult way. Okay, yeah. depending on your work, you might not want to do that, but you get the idea where friends and family, you don't have to hide and you don't have to be ashamed of it. No, I mean, it's a hobby at the yeah. end of the day, isn't it? It's what you choose to do in your personal life and, you're, and you have fun from it. And it should be no different to someone saying, well, yeah, I played around a golf. Yeah, so it's, I, I played some video games, I collected some Transformers and, and I fucked a couple of people. <laughs> Didn't play golf though. No, well, I, I, <laughs> why would I play but golf? It, it, exactly that. It's, it's something that brings joy to our life and countless other people like to do the same in their lives. So why should you feel shame? Exactly that. So to round up. Okay. I've done a, I've been summarizing for like 20 minutes now, you know. Oh, I know. I know. Sorry. Apologies for monologuing, (laughs) monologuing everybody. Um, But I felt very passionately about this. Um, I I just want to say a massive, massive thank you to everyone who got in touch um, and supported us and uh, cheered our corner um, you know, 
all of our podcasting brethren out there mm. who have all stepped up and, and, and helped us and given us advice and um, all that stuff. You've all been fucking fantastic. And I applaud you and, and thank you from the very bottom of, of, of my um, heart, really. Your heart. My oh, heart, right. yeah. <laughs> my, my deep, dark, dank pit that once housed a heart. Thank you from that. Um, honestly, you, you've been fantastic. And also thank you to all of the people who are interested in lifestyle that have been in touch over the last uh, week or so and asked us their question, asked us their questions. <laughs> uh, hopefully we haven't put you off it at all. Uh, and also thanks to the, the, the 1911 crew for doing the documentary. I'd also like to oh, thank God. Yeah, and I was going to say, here we go. And Yoko. This is Oscar worthy. It is. I'd like to thank Yoko for her Oscar winning performance of <laughs> sitting on the sofa and staring blankly with her raisin like eyes. I'd like to thank all the people who made me into a GIF. Yes. <laughs> you truly are a GIF that keeps on GIFing. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, that's going to bring so much joy to so many people's lives. It is. I've already used it. Yeah. I keep sending it to my sister. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people did love that. <laughs> I know, right? On that note, Mrs. Ah, H, do you want to wrap me. up this thing? Um, I do. Yes, I really do. Uh, I'm just quite exhausted from the, the, the sheer roller coaster of it all. Really? Yeah. It's yeah. not a Corona coaster. That's fucking awful. Yeah, I know. Oh, by the way, yeah. if you do want to get in touch, to, touch with us, we're on Twitter at Bedhoppers. Oh yeah, so we are. Uh, you can write to us on uh, bedhoppersuk at gmail.com. Yeah. Otherwise known as bedhoppers suck. <laughs> Hang on, aren't we bedhoppers UK on Twitter as well? You tell me. I don't know. We're just on bedhoppers <laughs> You're somewhere. You're on social media, Yeah, King. I, I'm, I've lost my world. You will steer to, this shit. Yeah, I just, I'll steer this dying plane into the ocean. <laughs> and we're on Fab and as Fab well. As bedhoppers. And where can they listen to us? Everywhere. Well, if they found this, they already are listening. Oh, yeah. What's so, a podcast? <laughs> exactly. Right. Wind it up. All right. Well, thank you, millions of people. <laughs> thank you for hopping into our bed. You ready? I'm still ready. Are you still ready? I'm always ready. Are you Even good to though go? you think I'm late, I'm always ready. Are you pre lubed up and lubed up? What? what? Double, double lube. lube. Double lubed. <laughs> Are you stuck in a double lube? I'm stuck in a double loop. <laughs> right. Let's right. give some time. All right. All right. Welcome to episode 83 of the Bedhoppers podcast. My name is Mr. H. I'm Mrs. H. Are you sure? I, I don't know who I am after this week. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I think I'm Mrs. H. Well, that, that made... Uh, I didn't like that at ah, all. Ah, yeah.